ora. I'm Damien Venuto. It's November 29th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Education was a major battleground in this election. The numbers show a decades-long decline in the quality of education outcomes with literacy and numeracy rates falling steadily. Add the dual problems of absenteeism and overworked teachers, and you have an education system in dire need of repair. So what is the new government proposing, and will the plans put forward actually make the difference needed? Today, on the front page, News Talk ZB journalist Shannon Johnstone joins us to discuss whether Kiwi kids are alright. Shannon, the National-led coalition has come in with some big promises to change our education system and has pitched it under urgency. What do international standards show about the state of our education system? Yeah, so I guess the main sort of measure we use internationally is the PISA testing. Uh, So that's of the OECD countries. And New Zealand's achievement in those tests has been declining for the past sort of 20 years or so. So that's the measurement of, I think it's 15-year-olds in reading, maths and science. So at the start of the century, New Zealand was kind of one of the top countries in these tests. In 2018 results, New Zealand was above the OECD average, but there's that long-term trend of decline. A 2020 UNICEF report found about a third of 15-year-olds didn't have basic proficiency in reading and maths. And socio-economically advantaged kids have had a larger decline in reading scores since 2003. And there is, of course, quite a big gap between the less advantaged children and the more advantaged children. Shannon, when you look at that two-decade period of decline, you would have been in the schooling system during that period. So what was that like for you? How did you find that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think some subjects I probably was a little bit naturally smart found quite easy. But subjects like maths I found really difficult. And I remember my mum sort of talking about the way that how we teach maths had changed and how difficult that had become for some students. So Nationals' Erica Stanford has been appointed the Education Minister. What do we know about her and what was she saying on the campaign trail? Yeah, so Erica Stanford came into Parliament in 2017. Uh, She's been Nationals' Education Spokesperson for a couple of years now. She was also a member of the Education and Workforce Select Committee in the last term of government. She's talked a lot on the election campaign about literacy rates, a lot about attendance as well. She's been very hot on those issues and she's really stressed the urgency to address them. One of the issues that we identified very early on by just talking to teachers around national standards was that it was overly burdensome because we were relying on their teacher judgment to assess where kids were at. One of the beauties of the test that we want to use, the assessment tool, which is world leading in New Zealand, is the ability to set the level of test where the child is at against the curriculum rather than saying to them, here are a set of standards and guess what, you failed. Stanford also holds the immigration portfolio. Do you think that Stanford is in danger of having too much on her plate when you look at those two large portfolios? Yeah, I mean, they definitely are really big portfolios. She's also a lecturer MP as well, but she seems to really understand them. And I think when it comes to the education portfolio, we've got a separate minister for tertiary education and skills, that's Penny Simmons, and David Seymour is also going to be associate education minister for partnership schools. Let's get stuck into the details of what National NZ First and Act want to change. National's commitment to require one hour a day each of reading, writing and mathematics will come into effect. What's the thinking behind this? And more importantly, are school principals actually on board with this plan? 
Yeah, so this was a key policy we saw from National on the election campaign. It's part of their Teaching Basics Brilliant policy. So it'll apply for primary and intermediate students and it will be a requirement of schools to teach an hour each of those subjects. National had said that there was too much variation in how long schools were spending on these subjects and that was embedding inequality. Their policy also included twice-yearly standardised assessment in those subject areas, and teacher unions came out quite strongly opposing standardised testing that raised concerns about it sort of just being a reboot of national standards. Principals and union leaders have also said most schools would already be teaching an hour of those subjects a day. PPTA acting president Chris Abercrombie told me he's not sure what problem they're trying to solve, He says schools are already doing that and he called it an unnecessary distraction. And the New Zealand Principals Federation President Leanne Orteney says schools have always had a strong focus on those basics and she'd be surprised if any school wasn't already doing that. So this all happens in the context of the so-called reading wars, which have been subject of some debate when it comes to structured versus balanced literacy. So where does this new government stand on that issue specifically? Yeah, so that's been quite a worldwide debate that we have seen. Lifting Literacy Aotearoa, they've been campaigning for a structured literacy approach. They say it's based on the science of reading and it's the best approach for schools. And that approach is supported by a number of researchers. We've seen some schools that have taken that approach, seen some success with it. So a big policy of nationals was to mandate structured literacy, require schools to teach that approach, also require teachers to learn how to teach that in initial uh, teacher education training. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if we do see this policy come in. When they announced it, there was a little bit of opposition. You know, some other teachers and principals were kind of against mandating how teachers teach. You know, they say teachers know best. They also say one size doesn't really work for all the students. We need to be able to account for that. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. ACT will also be getting an education policy across the line with the reintroduction of charter schools. What exactly are these and how will they work in practice? Yeah, so they're also called partnership schools. That's what we're kind of seeing them referred to in this policy announcement. So those schools received government funding like state schools, but they were subject to fewer regulations from the Ministry of Education. They could make sort of more decisions themselves around curriculum, uh, pay rates for teachers. They were run in partnership with other sponsors like iwi or not-for-profit organisations. And yeah, the ACT Party has always been kind of quite hot on the charter schools issue, I'm sure we all know. They believe that they were innovative, that they could help children who aren't served in the mainstream education system. And yeah, the coalition government, like you said, has picked up on X policy to reintroduce them. Why did charter schools fail historically, though? And will this new system be any different? Yeah, there were concerns around sort of the lack of regulation. Uh, they were scrapped by Labour after being elected in 2017. That was met with some protests, and those schools that were charter schools could apply to become special character schools instead. There weren't sort of very many at the time. And part of X policy, interestingly, is to allow state schools to become partnership schools. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if any schools do that and how the policy will work. There has also been massive criticism of this move. Mark Potter, the president of the country's largest education union, called the revival of charter schools destructive and weird. 
Why is there such strong opposition to this specific policy? Yeah, Mark Potter, like you said, he said the model didn't work previously. And he he thought that having partnership schools undermines the idea that public education needs to be funded properly. Chris Abercrombie from the PPTA told me it was disappointing that partnership schools were such a key focus of this coalition announcement. He called it an expensive distraction from public education, which is what he also thinks should be the focus. He says charter schools are effectively private schools with public money and they're not accountable to the state system and regulations. And Leanne Orteney from NZPF said they were seen as emanating from a neoliberal ideology and very few schools of the type had provided a quality education previously. So when you look at the challenges that come with learning within a system that makes it quite tricky for you to learn, particularly in those subjects where you are struggling, do you think that that would have an effect on the willingness of kids to go to school and on those absenteeism rates? Yeah, attendance is such a huge issue. It's been talked about so much on the election campaign. 47% of students met criteria for regularly attending school in Term 2 this year. That was an increase on the same term last year, but it's lower than in 2019 before COVID. Important to note that regular attendance means being there 90% of the time. So attendance rates were actually on the decline before COVID-19. COVID really seemed to exacerbate that problem. So what are the parties and government proposing to address a problem that has persisted since the pandemic days? All three of the coalition parties have pledged to address the truancy issue. So National and Acts Agreement includes prioritising attendance reporting and enforcement action to reduce truancy, including centrally collecting and publishing attendance data. I think it'll be really interesting to see what that enforcement actually looks like. I know before the Election Act had talked a little bit about fining parents. Um, When I spoke to Erica Stanford from National, she told me that there's no evidence that that actually works. We're also seeing culture wars bleed into education policy to some degree. So the National and NZ First Agreement also promises the removal of gender, sexuality and relationship-based education guidelines in schools and stopping sporting competitions that embrace gender diversity. Why is this? Yeah, so the agreement says it'll refocus the curriculum on education achievement, not ideology. That includes the removal and replacement of those education guidelines that you mentioned. So according to the Education Ministry website, this part of the curriculum can include learning about body development, different types of relationships and consent at the primary school level. At secondary level, it can include contraception, cultural approaches to gender and sexuality, positive and supportive relationships, and the influence that society has on the way we view things like sexuality and gender. And important to note that parents can withdraw their child from this education. So that's the only line that we have in this in this agreement. So not really sure what will be removed, what will be replaced, what that's going to kind of look like. So I think it will be really interesting to see what we kind of end up with there. There are particular discourses of fear that circulate in society. And so I think young people are worried about this because it's young people that have been asking for meaningful consent, sexuality, relationships, education, and successive petitions to our parliament since 2017. But I think the more we talk about this and open this up for discussion and understand is actually better than trying to shut down the conversation. On the campaign trail, Luxon also discussed banning phones in schools, as has been the case in other countries. Will this see the light of day? Yeah, so this was a big policy from National as well. They didn't discuss it when they came out with that coalition announcement. I haven't seen it in 
any of the policy documents. So I'm really interested to see if this does actually happen or not. And National, of course, proposed this policy. They say it will help lift educational achievement. They say cell phones are a distraction in schools. A lot of schools already have their own sort of rules around cell phones, banning them. You know, maybe kids have to leave them at reception or they can't use them during class time or lunchtime. So the policy kind of got quite a mixed reaction from educators. You know, some said it's not really an issue at our school. So a mandate isn't needed. And they also said, you know, schools should really have discretion around it. So, yeah, we get to see if this will come into play. There will also be some changes at the tertiary level. So the new government will be taking a slightly different path on fees-free education, changing the policy to provide the third year's free rather than the first year. Has there been any response to this? And what do you think? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of response to it yet. So if this happens, it'll kick in in 2025. The original fees-free policy was meant to help people overcome economic barriers to education and increase enrolments, but data released earlier this year showed students from higher decile schools were more likely to take up this fees-free policy. And speaking to students and student associations, I think it's the living costs that are a bit more of a barrier to going to university. You know, student loans, student allowance, and meeting those day-to-day costs, rent, food, all of that. That's what I see more from student associations talking about is wanting the government to increase those measures. Shannon, it is still early days, but do you think that the policies presented by National Act and NZ First will deliver a better learning environment for New Zealand school children? Definitely early days. I think that's quite hard to say. I'm, I'm really interested to see how it goes. I think maybe where the challenge will lie is getting teachers on board and having a really strong relationship with the government and the education system. You know, teacher strikes was something that we also saw a lot of this year. So I think it'll be interesting to see if the government can prioritise the sort of needs that teachers are calling out for. Thanks for joining us, Shannon. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson and Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.